Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, are you still feeling aftershocks from the earthquake? Yeah, like every day. It's crazy. You're kidding. No, apparently we were at the dog park and somebody said there was a big one at four this morning, but I slept through that, so. Oh my gosh. Happy Hurricane Day. California. Yep. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer. I am currently not feeling great, as you can hear in my voice. I'm a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles, which often, Sarah, includes working when we sound the way you sound right now. Yes, it does sometimes. Okay, today is our summer listener questions episode. But Liz, first we have an update for everyone who's following the strike here on Happier in Hollywood. We can report that the WGA and the AMPTP are negotiating. I was skeptical if it was going to last at first, but it seems like we're heading into another week with negotiations happening as of this recording. So hopefully this means that we'll have a deal soon. Yes, really hoping that our summer of striking is going to end with a deal. I think everybody would like to have a deal by Labor Day. So that's what I am putting all my manifesting energy towards, Sarah, a deal by Labor Day. And speaking of the strike, Sarah, we heard from an Australian listener, Heidi, who joined the picket line. She said, Dear Liz and Sarah, I have listened to your podcast and Happier with Gretchen Rubin for a couple of years. Today was my first day visiting New York City, and I saw the picket line in Times Square. I knew from your podcast what it would be for. I walked over to donate some money and then joined the picket line. They gave me a t-shirt and a slice of pizza. I'm a college teacher in Australia. I support the Australian Labor Party and was thrilled to do my bit for you guys. It was a lot of fun, especially when the big trucks honked. Solidarity forever. So I thought that was so nice that one of our listeners joined the picket line in New York. That is amazing. Thank you, Heidi Joy. Sarah, we also wanted to share this email from Megan. She said, hello, ladies. I very much enjoyed your discussion of do-nothing days on episode 326, otherwise known as franking, Sarah. In our household, we call them seaweed days. The name was inspired during a beach trip at a time when I was very burned out. My husband suggested I be a seaweed, just go with the flow for a day. I'm an upholder, so I enjoy achieving things. Being a seaweed allows me to do what I want, when I want, and inspires a feeling of easy breezy that does my heart good, as opposed to being encouraged to lay around, which generally makes me feel worse. 
And then she says, as a member of Local 729 here in Los Angeles, I want you to know that we of IATSE support you and want you to have a fair contract. We are in this together. So another voice of support, Sarah. I love this. As always, thank you, you Megan. Know, we want to thank everybody for your support for the WGA and now SAG-AFTRA. It is very much appreciated. And now, Liz, it's time for our listener questions. Summer listener questions episode. We got a lot of questions related to the strike, of course, um, and we have some answers for some, but not all of them. We'll we'll do our best. Yes. So Rachel, who's a director who has directed Fantasy Island, I should mention, had a bunch of questions about it. She said, what does the restart look like after a strike? This is my first strike as a union member. As writers, will you have to repitch projects that were in process or you didn't have a deal on? I hear many deals get canceled after 100 days. Well, I think that's a really interesting question. I think the answer is we don't know and we won't know until we get there. What do you think, Sarah? I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be sort of a combination of rushing to start on certain things. The networks are about to miss the fall TV season. So I think for shows that have been picked up that aren't being reevaluated, because some will, those will rush into writers' rooms to get things ready to shoot, and it's going to be totally crazy. And then they're going to be reevaluating things that haven't gone forward yet to decide if they really want to. It's it's going to be, I think it's going to be a mess, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it could be that some of these rooms that are rushing to get shows on the air as quickly as possible, they may be expanding their writers' rooms because they need more people to get more stuff done quickly. Yes, Hopefully. Sometimes they just expect us to do the impossible. It's true. And then this is an interesting question. She said, in terms of hiring directors, do you think it will go something like COVID's return with hiring directors when heavy hitters were booked on blocks, mid-level experienced directors came next, and newer directors were at the back of the hiring line? COVID's return to work hit women, BIPOC, and newer directors pretty hard. Will this be similar? I hope not. Well, Sarah, it's funny that Rachel says this because I feel like our experience after COVID was different. We felt like newer directors were getting a lot of chance to work because there was so much demand. I think also we're a little affected by our experience on Fantasy Island, where we very pointedly hired a lot of BIPOC directors and a lot of women directors. So I don't know. I mean, I think newer directors always get hit hard in times of change. But my hope is that women and BIPOC directors will get hired quickly as they should be. And then I love this part of her question. Also, can we do a writing or HIH creative retreat? I want to spend a weekend in Ojai or Palm Springs or at least an evening with you both. And Sarah, before we answer that, we also heard from Carrie who said, would you ever consider a writer's workshop and or a meet and greet in Kansas City? What about doing those in different cities as possible revenue producing events? And we have an answer for this, Sarah, sort of. We are... Yes, planning another Happier in Hollywood retreat. We know that it's going to be the weekend of October 20th to 22nd in Ojai. Details are still coming together, so we can't tell you everything. But if you want more information when we have it, email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And very soon, we will have all the exciting details. Yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. Okay, Liz, then we have 
a question from Joe. She says, I don't know if this has been answered in the group, but in regards to the strike, where do the actors and or writers stand who are also producers? I've noticed that quite a few big name actors also have their own production companies. Are they considered independents and still making content? Are they already paying fair wages and employment contracts, seeing as they are both staff and management? Well, whether or not people can work if they're independent, I think is being decided on a case-by-case basis. I think the vast majority of this type of actor and writer are not working. Um, They would consider it crossing the picket line. Uh, So that's kind of the basic answer. I think most of them are pencils down, or I don't know what actors say, script down, (laughs) talent down. But in some cases, I think people are applying for exceptions. Which goes to the next question, which is Michelle, who says, how do you feel about the exemptions some producers are getting to continue filming during the strike? Do you think this is fair or does it send the wrong message? Sarah, you and I, I think, have taken the sort of tack on this strike that we are not going to spend a lot of our energy being upset about what anybody is doing in their strike If they get an exemption, then they get an exemption, and that is the decision of SAG-AFTRA, and it's not for us to decide. I think, as I just mentioned, a lot of them are choosing not to work regardless of an exemption because they don't like the message that it sends. But I'm really just kind of sitting back, and aside from writers who are writing and secretly having their staffs write, which is, I believe, happening— If people have an exemption, I'm not going to have a problem with it. I don't know if that's how you feel. Yes. I think I'm much more judgmental about writers who are scabbing. That I'm just like, that's not okay. But, you know, SAG has a strategy of handing out exemptions that they feel like is a good strategy because it's getting companies to admit that the things that SAG wants are possible and that everyone should be able to agree to them. So I get that. But I also really respect Viola Davis, who just said, I don't feel right doing this right now because a movie she is starring in got an exemption. And she just said, no, we're not, we're not going to shoot yeah. right now. So, you know, it's complicated. But I certainly, I don't know. I, I get that for SAG it's a strategy, but I also feel like Viola Davis rocks. Yes, <laughs> Okay, a final question about the strike from Elaine. She said, if the strike continues, do you think you'll have to get another job to pay the bills? If so, what might that be? Oh, boy. I think a lot of people are grappling with this. Elaine, here's the interesting thing about that question. Because of what's been happening in Hollywood the last few years, which is why we're on strike— Many writers already have other jobs. They already have a side hustle to augment their income. So I think a lot of people are relying on those side hustles, and that's how they're able to sort of withstand the strike, and it's contributing to our solidarity. It's like the very fact that they've made us go out and get other jobs is what is making us strong right now. Absolutely. And I'm, as I said, hoping hoping that the strike ends. But, you know, you and I are writing a novel right now. 
And so right there, we have an idea for another source of income should the strike continue, or even if it doesn't, we want to finish our book and, you know, hopefully sell it. One of the nice things to see during the strike has been people posting on the WGA Facebook groups and like a WGA Moms group that here is this job I just heard about that's a side hustle. Hey, my friend has this thing that has some company that will pay you to do copy editing. So people are helping other people find things if they don't already have them set up. Writers are, we have our shit together, unfortunately. (laughs) Hopefully we won't have to have it together much longer. Exactly. Okay, coming up, Sarah answers a question about her daughter Violet's pets. But first, this break. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Sarah, this is from Joanne. She says, for Sarah, Ray, all of your daughter's pets. Which do you pick up, pet and cuddle, and which do you avoid because they're too icky for you? My son had lots of pets over the years when he was young, and I could never bring myself to handle any of the lizards slash amphibians, and I said no to having snakes or big spiders. Well, we know you've already said yes to a big spider. Yes, but I do not cuddle the spider, I must say. Violet has a really beautiful blue tarantula. Versicolor is what they're called. And that I do not touch. She also has jumping spiders. No, big no to the spiders. Any mammals I'm good with, although I am allergic to the rabbit. And then I like her uh, leopard gecko and I really like her chameleon. Those two I will totally snuggle with. And sometimes she'll put like a blue belly on me, which I don't like, but it doesn't completely freak me out. Wait, what is a blue belly? Oh, a blue belly is the very standard California fence lizard. They're the ones you see all over. Ah. And she likes to catch them and take care of them for a while and then send them back out into the wilderness. And she also has alligator lizards, which are also wild here. Just laid eggs, her alligator lizards did. Yippee. So those I don't like because they're big. I'm not not a fan of those. And she doesn't have a snake, at least not yet. She will not have a snake. We had this whole conversation again about snakes. There will be no snakes. 
No snakes. snakes. Of course, I said that about the tarantula, but I stand by no snakes. Okay. (laughs) On the topic of recycling, Sarah, this comes from Elizabeth. She says, recycling happiness hack. I am in the UK and we do our best to recycle what we can. It seems to always pile up. And instead of right away putting it in the recycling bin to be collected, we sometimes make a pile on the counter to eventually get there. Yes, this really takes up too much of my time and energy. I wonder if anyone else feels this way. How do the two of you handle household recycling? One thing that's nice is we have a pullout trash can area, I don't know what to call it, that has one bin for trash and one for recycling. So that has made it much easier over the years to recycle for me. Yeah, and mine doesn't pull out, but I do have one trash can for trash and one trash can for recycling, which is confusing to people who come over. So I put like recycling only on one of them. But so that part is pretty easy. And then we also now in California are separating all our food waste so that it can go to compost. And that's, I think, kind of a pain for a lot of people because you're supposed to put your food waste in a plastic bag and then put that, I think, in your yard trash can. I'm not really sure because I have a Lomi, so I just compost every day at home with my Lomi. Yeah, so Sarah, we've talked about your Lomi on the show, but since Elizabeth is looking for recycling hacks, will you explain what it is? Because it's kind of a revolutionary device. Yes, it's just a, it's a machine with a bucket and you put all your food waste in the bucket, then you put the bucket in the machine and it goes through a composting cycle. And there are different cycles. Some are like, four or five hours long, and there's one that's like 18 hours long. But at the end of it, everything is composted into dirt, and it's amazing. And I literally just go dump the bucket on my garden, and that's that for my food waste. And is it fertilizer? Is it good for the garden, or is it just regular dirt? No, it's like super nutritious dirt because it's coming directly from your food. It's basically dehydrating all of your food and all of those nutrients from whatever you put in the loamy. And there are some things you can't put in, like you can't put pits in the loamy and things like that, But or potatoes, you can't put potatoes in. But for the most part, a lot of stuff goes in there and you just turn it into really healthy dirt and dump it in the garden. All right, we'll have to put that on our Happier in Hollywood gift list this year. Yes. Okay, Sarah, Courtney asks us, what podcast do you listen to regularly? Okay, I'm just going to read a list of my podcasts. I listen to many, many about pop culture and the housewives. Um, Some of them are Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald, Two Teas in a Pod, Bitch Sesh, Bachelor Party, Watch What Crappens. Those are all pop culture and Bravo podcasts. I also listen to A Little Bit Culty about cults. The Powers That Be, which is a daily podcast kind of about media and business and Washington. And then I binge a lot of podcasts that are limited series, like Spellcaster, which I mentioned, Scamanda, The Retrievals. I also love a podcast called Family Secrets, which is from my former writing teacher, Danny Shapiro, inspired by her book, uh, Inheritance. 
Uh, I could go on, Sarah. I'm a big podcast person. What do you listen to? Well, I still listen to Little Stories for Tiny People because I think Violet will be listening to that podcast and we will be listening to that podcast until she is well into adulthood. She just loves all the little stories. And then I listen to a lot of parenting podcasts so or podcasts that will teach me about things that I can teach Violet about because we're doing homeschooling, like ologies. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. I listened to Good Inside with Dr. Becky. There's a podcast called Parenting with Impact that I really like. Tilt Parenting. My my podcasts are not as exciting as yours, Liz, I have <laughs> to say. But I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. So my podcast time is, you know, it's kind of gone down. Ah, uh, yes. No, that's true for me as well. Okay, Sarah, coming up, we're going to answer a question about how we work as a team. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Sarah, we are back with more questions from listeners. This comes from Michelle. She says, working as a team, how do you determine which slash whose ideas and storylines are worth completing? How do you keep your ego in check if it wasn't, quote, yours, so to speak? I mean, it's a question that is sort of, the answer is different and the same all the time. I mean, everything we do is just talking, 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 talking. So usually there's not like, a decision. It's just does something land or not with both of us, right? Yes. We usually know when we want to go forward with something. Somebody says something and all, the other person goes, yes, that. And often the other person will have a little change to it, which makes it even better. And once you've been talking about something for an hour, it very much feels like both of yours. I mean, I we could probably go through many ideas or storylines we've done and have no idea which one of us came up with it. Absolutely. I think we forget very quickly where something came from. Once we get invested, it's like it doesn't even enter the picture, really. Yes. And the ego thing, I mean, you know, we've been working together for 20 years now. So I think any kind of issues about ego or working styles, we've kind of worked through. I mean, I feel like it's easier for us to work together now than it ever has been. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I think whatever sort of insecurities you have when you're starting out, make it harder probably to work as a team. But now, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to imagine a situation where we would come to blows about something, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah. And there are cases, Sarah, if we don't agree on something where just whoever is more passionate wins. 
And the idea may stay or it may not stay. I mean, so many ideas fall by the wayside that kind of doesn't matter in the moment what we decide on because we know it could change. Yes, I think that's part of it too, is we realize nothing we agree on and nothing we disagree on is necessarily going to stay that way. Like there's been something that we've dismissed because we hated it. And then an hour later, it was like, wait a minute, that thing that we hated is great now. Yeah. It just changes all the time. And then finally, Sarah, we had this question from Connie Ann. I love this question. When you two were in high school, did you have sleepovers on Saturday nights and watch SNL? If so, which SNL skits were your favorites? Well, we did have a lot of sleepovers. I mean, yes, so many. I don't remember if we watched SNL. As we've said many times, we were both growing up very into Love Boat and Fantasy Island. (laughs) I can tell you what my favorite SNL skit is now, which is the Californians, where everybody just talks about what route they took to get to a destination. Oh, my God. I mean, that skit is so perfect. I think that's my favorite also. It's just so spot on. You think they can't, this is going to get old, right? Every time I see that skit, I think, oh God, in about four seconds, this is going to be repetitive and boring. But no, it's perfect every time. Can't get enough. But yeah, and you know, Sarah, we still have sleepovers. So not that much (laughs) has changed since high school. And that's part of why I like being a team. I like our fun sleepovers. Yeah, now I want to have a sleepover and watch SNL. Yes, we need a Saturday night sleepover in Ojai where we watch SNL. That sounds like a plan. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Thanks to everyone for your great questions. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have an amazing Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. feel like we should do a commercial for throat coat, Liz. This stuff is amazing. Yes, it got you through, huh? You're, you're where I was two weeks ago. I know. <sighs> Ugh. From the Onward Project. <laughs>